welcome to a new season of Loose and Tight Rugby, the rugby podcast with a father and son's view from the front row. My name is Ross Mungavin, I'm the loose head, and let me introduce to you my dad, Steve Mungavin, the tight head. Hi Ross, hi everyone, and Ross, season three season of Loose three. and Tight Rugby. Loose and Tight. Season one, we had 30 episodes, season two, we matched that, 30 episodes. So here we are, season three, can you believe that? No, it seems yeah. like the Maybe last, the last couple flies. of years have gone in and that's, like that. of course, when I retired, do you remember? And I started college, yeah. Started to retire, we had a bit of time in our hands, the genesis of loose and tight rugby was formed, and what an appropriate here word. we are, now the third season is on us, Ross. Third season, third year. Yeah, so uh, it's gone well so far, hasn't it? We've had great crack, we've had good feedback, great interaction with... Many people, many clubs around the place. Yep. So. I mean, I had envisaged that we would be some kind of travelling correspondence for Sky Sports by this stage, but we haven't quite reached there uh, yet. Well, don't lose hope of that, Ross. Talks are ongoing. You never know. <laughs> you never know, Ross. But listen, uh, this is the first podcast of the new season then. Indeed. Uh, have you had a good summer, Ross? Uh, yeah, it's been, been pretty quiet up until August when we had our third baby. You welcomed... Tom Mungavin. Tom Mungavin, yeah. yeah. The front row is complete. Exactly. Now we've got Ben, Alex and Tom, so yeah. there you go. That's good. Well, well done. Congratulations, Ross. And uh, may I toast in the usual fashion, Ross? Indeed. Yeah, Dad and, bought uh, me a couple of nice bottles of whiskey for uh, Tom's birth, so we're celebrating with a bottle this, of... This Balveni is... The Balveni, 17-year-old. Magn- a magnificent... Uh, Sample of whiskey, Ross. I Unbelievable. So nice. That other bottle I bought you, can you pronounce that, Ross? I haven't a clue what it is. Yeah, it's the Bonhavain. Bonhavain, is that that's the, That's right, yeah. I Confident, tried, straight I, in there. I tried that when I was in uh, Malig in the, the western uh, west coast of Scotland yeah. uh, in May. And um, I thought that you should sample that as well. So, well, all whiskey, gratefully received. Uh, very good, Ross. So... Congratulations on that. And you didn't even lose a bet for that one? No, I didn't. It was just to toast uh, Tom's Tom's heed. Exactly. Exactly. um, But, Ross, there's also other news as well. Saracens Amateur Rugby Club have a new captain. Yes. Which I'm delighted to unveil as you. Well, I'm glad you said that because I didn't have to be like, and it's me. (laughs) (laughs) No, hearty congratulations yeah. well, for that, Ross. Thanks, well Tom. done. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, we we have had a good pre-season. You know, we've got a new coach as well, Jack Goldberg. It's a sort of new regime, really, isn't it? A new coach, club, new know? captain. Yeah. yeah. Although Bully uh, is still the vice captain, so he's yeah. there to sort of oh, yeah. give I mean, a bit of continuity. No, no reflection on the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit a, of continuity, you know, yeah. a bit of advice, you know, word in the ear, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is greatly appreciated. It's good to have, isn't and, it? And uh, Dom Smart is, of course, the, the chairman of the club. But yeah, yeah, I think things have gone well pre-season. You know, good energy about the club, good mm. uh, vision for the future, yeah. and uh, started off with a win on Saturday, uh, which you were at obviously, I was at, so you yeah. know already. Yeah, but, uh, just uh, for the Watford, benefit of this the is listeners. a sort of pre-season training game, wasn't it? Ross? Pre-season training match, yeah, which yeah. we won eighteen five. Yeah, uh, but really should have been you know twenty twenty seven or twenty three. Five, you know, because my try was disallowed. But I think Ross, it should have been more than that, actually. Well, it should have been. There was a lot of handling been. errors by um, by Saris. Yeah, but um, I mean, my yeah. try was was legitimately Your scored. Your try was disallowed. Do you want to sort of just 
talk us through this, Ross. Yes, you know, yes. And, let, and let's put this to bed. Now, I really do. You know. It's not going to bed because, you know, I'm still hurt about this. But basically, I scored the best try that I have ever scored. Right? <laughs> it must have been about 50 yards. No, no, no. Right? no it wasn't really. It was probably about 25, right? Yeah, it was about a 25-yard right? line. Yeah, you Get, took a short pass, didn't you? Got the ball off nine. I got yeah. a man inside, a man outside. Okay, the two defenders just part like the Red Sea. Yeah, right. They go to either man. Yeah. I go through the gap, one on one with the fullback. Yeah, he's a wee fella, you know. Hand him off, bounced him off. Yeah, hand him off. Another guy comes in, points him the off. Winger came in. You were over the line. Over the line, and then all of a sudden, you know, and the referee's calling us back and saying that there was crossing, right? Yeah. But no one even ran. Even their coach said, "Yeah, that was a travesty." You know, no, there was never no, any crossing no. there. There's no crossing at all, Ross. And I suppose that's the way rugby's going. It's a bit like American football, where players are bouncing off each other. You know, and well, it was just because other, but... we had two dummy runners, and the two defenders took the dummy runners, right? Yeah. So there was some contact. Yeah. You've got to say right, but the defenders. They weren't taken out. Like no yeah. one would have made the tackle anyway because I went in between them. Ross, it's almost a week on, but I can still see you're hurting. From I am. I'm incredibly <laughs> upset about this, you know, because um, I'm not going to. I don't know but if I'll Ross, get another chance to do that. Ross, you will get plenty of chances. Well, there you go. I, I reckon think... the referee just looked at me and thought, "There's no way a prop like that went through the gap the way he did." <laughs> so it must have been crossing. <laughs> Ah, oh, Ross, you need to get over this, son. You cannot define your season by no, uh, no. Well, I'll put it to bed. Dis- disallowed try. So put it to bed eventually. Disallowed to bed. No, I can... still, I still got us on the scoreboard first though, because yeah. I instructed our goal kicker Rob Eston to take well, a shot. Well, Ross, I mean, questions have to be asked about that in a training game. You know, it's nil nil. You get a penalty sort of in front of the posts. First blood. What do you do? You three know, points. <laughs> it's in the first half, three points. Job done. <laughs> And that set you on the path of... Yeah, uh, nose in front. That's a psychological blow for the other team. Okay, I could see you're not going to relate on that one, Ross. I did, you know, I did award myself dick of the day for that one. (laughs) But Ross, you were also involved in um, uh, line-out drills and and training with um, one of England's top British Lions, British and Irish Lions, top... Internationalists. Well, no, that's a pretty generous description of what we were doing. During the summer? Uh, Yeah, this is actually Maru Itoji came down to the rugby club uh, to film an advert for Simba mattresses, right? Never heard of them. No idea who they are. Well, it's like a memory foam mattress. Okay. Okay. Other mattresses are available. Yeah. Um, But so when you say line out drills and line yeah. out training really what it was was me and a bunch of other fellas yeah. you know hanging around until Maro was ready to film All right. with us because he had other bits and pieces to do right okay and then you know we put him up a couple of times yeah and you know incredibly easy to get him up right because he's he's a powerful jumper right? he probably does most of it himself Ross yeah you know, incredibly like, difficult to keep him up yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I got to lift Maro Toji. Did you get a chance to interact with him? Not not a whole lot, not a whole lot. No, um, because he was busy. They were on tight mm. schedule. They needed to get the filming done before the light went away. Sure. And also, I think he was a bit fed up. Really, it's been like a he, long day. He'd been filming since like two o'clock, and this yeah. was like nine by the time he got to us. How did he conduct himself? Did he was he welcoming? Did he meet you guys? Well, you know, he's, hello he's and... professional guy. You yeah. know, so he did his job. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Still I, great I experience, Ross, for you to yeah, it was cool. mix cool. in that, mix in that company. Well, well done. So it's been a good summer. Isn't it great, though, Ross, that we have the rugby back, isn't it? 
Yes. League rugby has started yeah. again. It's and been a uh, hot, dry summer with no ruggers to talk about. Yeah. And now here we are. Yeah. And uh, as you said, you had your uh, inaugural game of the season last week uh, against Alt Watford. So that was a good, good, good performance, I think. Could have been a bit better. It was a bit rusty. Yeah. Well, that's a, a pre season match, you know, right? So Jack and I were talking about it and saying mistakes there, in there. But there's some um, screws that need to be tightened up, you know. But we'll have a good training session on Saturday, good training session on Tuesday. And yeah. Then, get on it first league game against Wasps next week yeah and uh, going from grassroots rugby Ross to uh, world class rugby in one one massive leap uh, World Cup coming up of course squads have been announced what is it like 14 days now to the World Cup two weeks okay, so yeah two weeks on yeah, Saturday something yeah. like that there and uh, squads have been announced and uh, warm-up games, you know, finished this weekend. I know. Well, let's let's dwell on the warm-up games for a moment, right? Yeah. Why are Ireland and Wales and England and Italy playing a warm-up match two weeks before the World Cup? Mm. And Scotland played Georgia as well. And Scotland played, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know. What? <laughs> I mean, that's not important. Well, um, okay, okay, fair enough. But it's not no, but not the no, same, like, same the, level of like competition. The, right? But the question is still there, you know. That why? Why are we risking injuries? Mm. You know, none of the Southern Hemisphere teams are doing this. They had their competition, the the Rugby Championship. Mm. You know, finished two weeks ago. Sure. You know why? Why are we putting ourselves through this? And like players are getting injured. Mm. You know, like Wales have had injuries, England have had injuries, Ireland had injuries. Joey Carberry. When I like, you know, you're asking guys to play full test matches, and here's my: if I was being a skeptic and cynic, yeah. I'd say it's all about the money, right? Well, I've heard that from many people, Ross, who are yeah. quite cynical about about this. You know, yeah. being branded as the sort of the autumn internationals, you know, yeah. the summer internationals. Well, yeah, there, there was no summer tours, right? So they've got to make up the revenue yeah. somehow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Let's have four World Cup warm up test matches. Well, actually, the but the crowds have turned out for them, Ross. I mean, some of the the crowds have been very big uh, in terms of well, yeah, people like people like to watch rugby, right? Yeah. And that's just that's just feeding yeah. the problem. But your question, Ross, as to why, I think there's two reasons. Firstly, um, some of these games are trials, you know, for fringe players, for combinations, and you know, players that might be out of form just to see how they're getting on. Uh, so I think some of them are trial matches. Um, but also, uh, Ross, it is to get players game time, you know, uh, hard kind of game matches, hard matches, you know, and get them in shape for the particularly the first game of each group uh, stage is going to be a tough game. Yes. I mean, that, that Scotland-Ireland game is going to be a critical game. It will be. That'll determine the winner of the group, really. Exactly. But I think you can, you can do that. But just not with as much intensity. You know, you could have two World Cup warm-up matches yeah. with sufficient rest in between. Yeah. And you could try out the combinations. Yeah. You could try out new players. That would give you an indication of where the squad is. You know, why were England playing Wales back-to-back? Back back? Why are Ireland playing Wales back-to-back? Back? I know. You know? Like, that's just too... I think that's probably too much Four for the players. Four tough games, you know, for, yeah. for those countries. Could it, well, it remains to be seen, you know. And no one's going to want to give give any quarter yeah. in those games. No, no, you know? and they don't. And they don't, Ross. Uh, okay, any thoughts on the squads? I mean, the Ireland squad, the big omission, Ross, is Devin Toner, isn't it? Big in all senses. He's, you know? he's given great Six service to Ireland, but he's been left at home. 
Yes, and I'm, you know, again, I have some opinions on this. I'm pretty annoyed about this because I think it's ridiculous that a player who qualified to play for Ireland less than a month ago is all of a sudden in the World Cup squad, you know. Yeah, it's still well, fairly is, unknown is this through residency, Ross? You've got it's a, so it's through, residency you know, you rule. live in a country for three years and then suddenly you you, be, you become a a kind of rugby national yeah. of that country. Before he got his first cap for Ireland, he he well, he became Irish the same week. He qualified on like the Thursday and then he played on the Saturday. Yeah, you know. And I think there's a problem with that, and yeah. it's a, it's a growing problem within the sport. Ireland actually aren't the worst culprits for it. You know, we've only got three overseas players in the squad mm-hmm. right yeah um whereas teams like england must have about i don't know 40 or 50 percent like new zealand yeah. they're all like tongans and fijians and stuff yeah who've yeah. been brought over when they're when they're school boys yeah. yeah you know um so i think something needs to be done about this you yeah. know i think my my opinion has has been for a long time that you need to actually be eligible to own a passport for yeah. that country, right? Or or hold the passport. You've got to for be born country. there, or your parents or grandparents. Exactly. Otherwise, say. international teams are just becoming yeah. elite club teams. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're getting South Africans coming over, playing in England, playing in Scotland, playing in Ireland, and then play, just going into the national team. Well, Bundy right. Aki, you know, is a classic example of that. I mean, yes, yes, no linked to Ireland other than he's lived there for no. three years CJ Stander as well yeah. who was actually specifically brought over as a project player yeah. for Munster right and he was brought over with a view to him playing for Ireland yeah. right? now he, he is and that's displacing some local lad who exactly you know, right he is, he is South African right no yeah. other connection to Ireland other than yeah. he has lived in Munster for three yeah. years yeah. Right. Or, or longer now because yeah. he's been playing for longer yeah. But um, yeah, as you say, it's it's some local guy. Right? It's not good. It's not good. And Scotland's been doing this as well. I mean, he's been doing it for years. You know, because of the shortage of player of international level players that we have. Exactly. We've been looking at the you know the kilted Kiwis, you know, and the tartan this and that. The guys who've never really been in Scotland um, suddenly. Uh, exactly. And the, one of the big problems, big issues, has been brought about because of professionalism in yeah. the game. And because top coaches are expected to win, right? Yeah. Like that—that's your your main focus when you get the job, right? Every season, you've got to have a successful season, otherwise your job's on the line, yeah. right? So that's why these guys are getting desperate and saying, right, well, here's some some ba- massive South African fella. Aye. I'm going to put him in, so it's a means to an end, you know, just as a sort of insurance policy against losing his job. Ross, what about yeah. Scotland's decision to leave Hugh Jones out of the squad? Yeah, I don't know what the reason was Class for that. Class centre. But I think that was madness. He's He's got to be the best centre of Scotland we've got, right? Yeah. Strange, so. strange. Maybe maybe there's a reason there we, we don't know about. But it just seems to jump out at me when I looked at the at Scotland and the squad. But, um, yeah, Ross, quite strident views there on uh, eligibility and so on. That, that sounds a bit serious for this podcast. Let's yes. move on to our one of our standard items, Ross. Saints and sinners. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Yes, well, saints these, and sinners. These are, of course, uh, the good, the, the bad good, and, and the, the bad. Ugly. Uh, yeah, well, oh, we, we haven't got the ugly. You and I are the ugly, Ross. Well, speak uh, for yourself, Dad. You know, but <laughs> yeah, good and bad of, of rugby uh, from the past week, or in this case, I guess over the last, last few months. Few months, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and I think you know, in terms of saints, uh, I want to <sighs> applaud. 
someone who has been he's been struggling for form a little bit like in his mm. last his last start for Ireland yeah he didn't play particularly well but I don't think that one bad game makes you a bad player yeah um, and I want to give Rory Best a sainthood this week um, mm. just because he's been such a, a good servant of Irish rugby and because he's playing his last home game for Ireland in oh, the yes. Aviva Stadium against yeah, Wales yeah, yeah. this weekend you know we'll leave aside my opinions about World Cup warm up matches yeah. for the moment, but, um, he's playing his last game at the Aviva well let's do that let's wish him all the best yeah. and yeah. Uh, confer a sainthood on Rory Best and 37 we, years old if we're giving one to Rory Best we may as well throw one to Joe Smith as well um, because it's his last, oh, he's leaving, last right. game he's, re- he's leaving after the yeah, World Cup yeah fair enough fair enough so what about Sinners then, Ross? Sinners, I think I want to name, uh, well, first of all, the referee from the Watford game. <laughs> who disallowed your who try. Who disallowed my try. Honestly, that is a man who, I don't know, he needs to get his How can he sleep at check. night, Ross? Uh, How can hi, he I night? hope maybe he's been lying awake at night thinking, flip me, I, that try, I should have given How that How can try. I redeem myself? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, redemption is at hand. If you want, <laughs> If you want to, just comment on the podcast. Yeah, and all will be forgiven. award that try posthumously or whatever, yeah, just, just or in retrospect or whatever of, way. Yeah. I want some kind of indication that says yes, Ross, <laughs> that was actually a try because it was it was really good. Well, Ross, I was going to suggest uh, as a sinner this week. Um, actually, it's not from the rugby union code; it's from rugby league. A um, a hooker called George Flanagan who plays for the Bradford Bulls. Um, he was given an eight-game ban, Ross, for foul play. And uh, in his citation, he was accused of uh, grade F, a grade F testicle attack. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know what grade A, B, a C, testicle D, attack? Yeah. Like, does that mean he attacked someone's testicles or yes. he attacked someone with his testicles? Well... He attacked somebody's testicles. Oh, that, I uh, think that is like one of the worst things you can do in a game. It is. You know, like nut grabbing is just oh, the worst. Just, it is the worst. It just brings tears to your eyes, Ross, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the only thing that you could do that is worse than that, that's lower than that, is like spitting on someone, right? Yes. Like, yeah, but yeah. I mean, who goes, who goes into a game and thinks, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to grab that guy's balls. You wonder, what was going through his mind, Ross? He well, presumably, look, I'm going to grab that guy's ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was given an eight-game ban for that, Ross. So, um, probably, did, well, obviously deserved. Um, Definitely deserved. But I was reading as well, there was a similar, Sam Burgess, who played rugby league as well in Australia. Oh. I think he played for England as well, didn't he? Rugby Union. Oh, yes, in the last World Cup. Do you not remember who Sam he played? Burgess, that's right, he was useless, wasn't he? He didn't really, well, I think he didn't the, really the, adapt. He's a, he's a good player, right? He's a good yeah, sportsman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big, big And I guy. think he could have been well used, yeah. but I, I don't think he was fairly treated really by England because they, were, they played him at centre, then they played him at six, and they yeah. played him at centre... Yeah. And they just kind of messed him about a bit, and then he went back to rugby league where he can make a whole load of wedge. But I was reading really he was given a two-game ban for what was called a squirrel grip. Squirrel on grip. Somebody's he tried testicles. to be- tried to bury someone's nuts, did he? <laughs> What's a squirrel grip, Ross? Is that- I mean, I've seen squirrels with nuts in their hands, which is two hands. Two. <laughs> he sort of used both hands and twist somebody's balls. Is that the? Well, I idea? don't. I don't know. Having never done a squirrel grip myself. 
I, I couldn't possibly say. Yeah, oh, it sounds pretty pretty painful anyway, Ross. So, listen, George Flanagan, I think you should be in our Sunderland this yep. week. Yep, get him off. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ross, back onto rugby. Local rugby, as I mentioned, league rugby has started again. Thank goodness we're back into the, the routine. The local rugby scene in Ulster, the championship there that we follow, Division 1, Ural team in Stonians. Uh, kicked off the league program. That's uh, right, and then a bit weekend. of a bit of a shock result. They did. Carrick, they, they drew ten points each. It was a last minute penalty try that they got. Ross, they were losing ten three, and they, uh, they 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 won a, a penalty try at the end to mm. square the game off. But and I'm right in saying that Ince were down to fourteen men for yeah, a, a good a good yeah, portion of the game. Yeah, and of course the the weather was horrendous last weekend in in, uh, in Ulster. So. Uh, but interestingly, Ross, there were four games played in that league, and three of them were drawn. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's not often you get a draw in rugby, no, but it's probably not. even rarer that you so, get three games in the same league. Estonia's 10, Carrick 10. A great performance by Carrick away from home. They'll be really delighted. Oh, you'll take that, that yeah. yeah take absolutely. That. They'll be pleased with that one. Um, Cocker Valley, 22. Inneskillen, 22. So that sounds like a great game, that, Ross. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Porter Down, 13 against Cook. 13. Wow. So tight go. games there. Uh, the runaway winners in the fourth game were Dromore. They put 50 points on CIYMS. So they've uh, set down a yes. marker, haven't they? I think, I mean, it's early days, right? Only one round yeah. has gone. But I kind of fancy Dromore this year for the league. Yeah. I think, you know, they, they looked good last year. They obviously won the Towns Cup, didn't they? They did. Well, um, no, the, the Junior Cup they won. Oh, the Junior Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah they won the Junior Cup. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm I'm putting it out there early. Here's you heard it here first. Get your money on for more. For more, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a long, long season, Ross. Yeah, uh, going well last year. They've got a great scum half, uh, Steenson, Lee Steenson, um, who's hugely influential in their team. Last year, he he broke an arm, I think, you know, midway through the season. Mm. He's back now. That probably cost him. So he's back. That's good. Um, uh, yeah, but that that certainly is a marker. Um, I think as well. Um, obviously, CIYMS, you know, being beaten by fifty points in their first game, it's going to be a long season for them, Ross. They struggled last year, and uh, unless you know they've got new players in or a new approach or whatever, I think they could be struggling uh, this year as well. But listen, early days, folks. Round one is just complete. Uh, round two is this weekend, Ross, um, where Ballyclare uh, come into play. They'll be challenged as well. They play Clocker Valley, who were promoted from uh, Division 2 last year. Uh, so Ballyclare against uh, Clocker Valley. I think that'll be a home win for Ballyclare. Carrick play uh, Portland Down. I think that'll be a home win for Carrick. Uh, Port, uh, Dromore, your favourite team, Ross, are way in the skillin. I think Dromore will win that one. And uh, the fourth game is Grosvenor against uh, their home against Instonians. That could be a tight game, Ross. I saw that game last year and it was pretty tight. Mm. Instonians did win it, but uh, there wasn't much in it. So that'll yes. be a tight game, Matt. I think you know if I if I was predicting the result of that one, I'd, I'd still favour Instonians. But as you say, it could be a tight game. Yeah, and uh, I would say there's so. been some upsets in this league already. Yeah, after one round. So yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll watch that with interest. We'll be watching from a distance, of course, because, um, in fact, we haven't mentioned this as a face-to-face podcast, have we? 
But, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, know, Dad so. is actually here. Yeah, you know our usual format for those who are new to the pod is that you know Dad and I I live in London. Dad lives in in Northern Ireland, and uh, you know we we have a call and record it and smash it together, and then yeah. the podcast spills yeah. out. But Dad is actually here. Face to face pod, Ross. Indeed. Yeah. And I've not even managed to put you off uh, laughing. Well, that's because i am been deliberately looking down <laughs> for most of the time and not looking at you making stupid faces at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we're here for this weekend, and uh, I think your club, Saracen's Amateur Club, is having like an open day or. Uh, it's, a, it's a club uh, day. A club so day. we come together. Yeah. Uh, bit of a team meeting, set the tone for the season. Yeah. Uh, set out the vision. Yeah. Inspirational speech from me. You know, everyone gets pumped up. Bit of brave heart. You know, William oh, I'd Wallace. Love, I'd love to be there for that one, Ross. Well, yeah. I mean, you come in and listen. Yeah. What's going on? You'll. I mean, you probably hear them cheering <laughs> in rapturous applause afterwards. Or maybe laughing, Ross. Well, who knows? Yeah. We'll see what happens, right? <laughs> and uh, probably the latter. Yeah. Um, and then you know a few words from Dom, club chairman. Yeah. Uh, hand out the stash. Everyone's yeah. favourite bit of the but season. You've got a good squad, haven't you? I mean, you've got a lot, lot of players. On Tuesday, on Tuesday, we yeah. had fifty six players at training. Really? And that, I mean, to be fair, that is that includes the junior Colts, Colts seniors, yeah. and yeah. Uh, veterans. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, good, good turnout, good buzz around the club, Very good energy. Good. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think things are, are looking pretty, pretty and good. And your second team, the Crusaders, they're, um, I mean, they're, 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 they they were playing last weekend as well. And, That's right. You know, they're, they're strengthened this year um, as well. That's correct, yeah. Yep. So we had a good and number. a good captain as well, James. James, James Bullmore, that's right. Yeah. We've recruited well, I think, this year. We've got new new players coming in yeah. to the club. A lot of guys from Oak Hill College. Yeah. over this season we've yeah. had players coming back who maybe played for Saris like six yeah. years ago and are back again um, or who couldn't play last season or were injured and coming back um, and yeah I think it was a good feeling good feeling okay. about the club so a bit of training a bit of food a bit of stash a few beers sounds good a good time is there any room for an old alligator like me Ross in the well, I'm sure there is. Set up. Uh, I'm sure there is. There, there's always room for an alligator like you. you know. Well, talking about an old alligator like me, Ross, um, listeners to this podcast, regular listeners, will know that um, uh, we have a special feature. Um, uh, in the first season that we had, season one, uh, I gave uh, some tales from the kit bag. Anecdotes and stories from the rugby club man's kit bag, you know, yep, and that's right. uh, of course, there's a whole variety of things that we covered. A that, whole variety of stuff. Yeah, well, and to, to, all things we talked about, Ross. Towards, you know, the end of the upper end of the podcast, you know, 28, 29, 30, we're kind of struggling for more things that you put in the kit bag. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who has 30 items in the kit bag, right? Yeah, but there were, there were some interesting tales, though. I do remember that. Remember the Welshman that sort of he kept an axe? Yes, in his kit yeah, bag. yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Remember that one. Yeah, weird, really weird. Well, in podcast in the series two last year, uh, we had Steve stories as a feature. Yep. These were my my sort of rugby anecdotes, you know, from the uh, my past from experience. The yeah. All the ones Dad is prepared to share. Oh, that's in right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, this new series, Ross, um, series three or season three, we should call it. 
Um, I thought it would be good to have a feature, which I'll call Mungavin's Moan, which is really a sort of whinge of the week, because Alakadus do complain about things, you know. And yep. Well, I mean, I don't think you'll run out of opinions uh, there. Dan, I'll, I know. will complain. I'm, and Ross, my first complaint is about box kicking, particularly box kicking by scrum halves. Well, I mean, it's usually the scrum half who box kicks, isn't it? It is. But, but Ross, this idea where you've got sort of the ball at the foot of a player, you know, which is supposed to be a, a, a mole or a rock, I suppose, the ball's on the ground, and the scrum half is sort of tapping around with his toe and then does a box kick. To me, it's just not what rugby was invented for. It's oh, boring. Okay. Hold on, Ross, let me make my case. First well, of all, no, I was going to support your it's case. Pre- it's predictable. It's usually not executed terribly well. Uh, in other words, usually kicking possession away, which is a forward, you know, really pisses you off because you've worked hard together. Well, that way. happened on Saturday, didn't it? When yeah. I, I charged down a kick All and right. then ricocheted off and hit Tom in the prowl. Yeah. Well, I didn't hit Tom, but I hit, I, hit his buggy. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Box kicking, Ross. So, yeah, I, I have a grievance with this as well, right? And I don't mind a box kick so much. Yeah. Because I think as an exit strategy, when you're under pressure in Union 22, it can actually be quite effective if it's executed well. If. That's the if, Ross. Right? But Nine times out of ten, it's usually about kicking possession away. Here is what I want to moan about for box kicking, right? And it's probably a broader point as well about rucking, but the practice you see nowadays where the ruck is formed, right? Yeah. A player will come and join the end of the back of the ruck. Ah, the scrum half will roll the ball uh, in the back of his saying. foot. Yeah, pl- away. No- another player will come and join behind him yeah. and stick his leg out as far as he can go. Aye, that's right. Another player will come and join that's behind right. him and yeah. stick his leg. And eventually, the ball's like ten feet back from I where know. it actually started. Know. You know, it's so predictable. And I'm like, how is that not playing the ball? Yeah. You know, the ball. Surely, surely, the ball should go live. And maybe this is something for the world rugby. Employees who are obviously avid who are listeners, yeah. who are obviously avid listeners of the podcast. Yeah. You know, maybe this is a law that you need to revisit. Please right? look at it. Please surely, look at it. any kind of interaction with the ball on the ground is playing the ball yeah, in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I, I just don't like the kind of lengthening of malls or, yeah. scr- or rucks. Well, that's the point. Before I'm before playing the ball. Yeah, I know this kicking. It's getting get a bit. It's getting even more like rugby league, Ross. You know, where they do all these up and unders and, you know. In the old days, if you listen to any rugby league game in the 70s, there was a commentator called Eddie Waring. And that was his favourite expression. Is there an up and under? He was from Yorkshire, you know. Oh, is that what that accent was? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way it's going, Ross. Come on, guys. Let's let's try and do something. Let's let's. That's not what rugby was invented for. There's nothing wrong with up and under. Yeah, I mean, maybe that can be your your moan for well, next Gary time. O- Gary Owens. The Gary Owens. Yeah. Yeah. Box right. kicking, Ross. Box kicking. Okay. Well, uh, Dad's had his little his his moan by box kicking. Take uh, note. Mungavin's moan. So there you go. Do you agree I've with Dad? Tone. I've said. Do you want? Tone. Are you a scrum half and you want to push back on what Dad has said and you think box kicking is a vital part of the game? Do you agree with me? That, uh, that lengthening rucks should be outlawed. Well, why not get in touch with the pod? Let us know what you think of this first episode of the season. And you can do that on Facebook. You can leave us a comment or send us a message. Or you can reply to us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. And any feedback is gratefully received. And we'll be highlighted in the next podcast.
Cheers, Ross. And, uh, and I'll see you next time, Dan. Cheers. And where's that bell, Venny? Yeah. <laughs>